Um, we're live. Welcome, you guys. New year, and we're back. The threesome. We've been re reunited, finally. Should I start singing? What was that, Peaches and Herb? <laughs> well, welcome to Talking... Oh, not Talking Saratoga. Excuse me. Welcome to the Saratoga <laughs> Podcast. Shame, shame, shame. For our first, uh, our first show with all three of us in January 2023. It's so good to be back. Um, so much has happened over the last month. I know we have a ton to catch up on. Um, how are both of your New Year's going? Um, Adam, you've got a you've had a lot going on. I'm going to let you go first. You you know here. Yeah, I, I, I had a lot going on. Um, I spent New Year's in in Kiev, which was interesting. Uh, New Year's is almost bigger than Christmas in uh, in Ukraine, so it was uh, it was very interesting to be in the city without lights. Uh, there were wow. missile attacks that night, so. That made it even more interesting, but um, but I made it safely. We did a lot of good. Uh, I want to thank everybody who supported me, and I'm kind of happy to be back with my family living a, a normal life for now. Where the biggest controversy is a bike lane. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> well, we're so happy that you're back safe and sound, and also always so appreciative of all the good work you're doing over there, and also keeping it forefront in our minds, you know, um, back here in America, where things are pretty peachy as compared to the situation the Ukrainians are facing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with our biggest problem is teams, everybody's got a, uh, a secret file somewhere, huh? I know. <laughs> Just let the record show. I have no confidential or secret top secret. Office. Um, everything's been shredded. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, um, Adam, how, how long were you over there? It seemed like you were there for several longer than almost a over. month. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, almost a month. Just you know, this was the the grand finale tour, I think. Um, and, okay, but, and, but and, go ahead. And mostly in the Ukraine. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. This time we spent the uh, the the uh, the majority of our time in Ukraine, um, kind of traveling. You know, Kiev was our was our uh, hub, and then we would travel outside. To, you know, we went to some really neat. When I say neat, I guess meaningful is a better word. But we went to an orphanage, went to a dog pound, uh, and and the biggest problem there it's winter and there's no electricity. So we were able to deliver generators, heaters, disposable heat packs. You know, uh, rechargeable heat packs. So um, you know, I, I think we, everybody does a little, a little bit, a little picks their lane in this in this conflict and helping Ukraine. And and for everybody who supported me, us, I think we. Our lane was pretty solid, and, and we helped a, we helped a lot of people in meaningful ways. So, that's man. awesome. That is really awesome. I uh, that that you were able to do all that, especially the generators. They must be like gold there, huh? Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's it's kind of eerie uh, uh, to be. You know, at night you walk around Kiev and you just hear the hum of generators, and the it's the the streets are dark, but the the. It's interesting. We talked to some people there. The, the hotels are slow, but the restaurants are busy. And a lot of restaurants, you're there or bars, you're there. It's by candlelight. Now, wow. luckily, uh, Kiev has a central heating system. Uh, so so we were never without heat, but we were out electricity. We, you know, we went we went some time without hot water, which was interesting. You know, I, I had seven days of clothes stretching to 14 days of clothes, which was I'm interesting. Sure you smelled delightful, Adam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will say real quick, one last shout out. Uh, I did when we were over there, we, you know, we had some darn tough socks donated to us. Uh, I, I went four days with a pair of darn tough socks and we never know. It's, it's those socks. I, you know, I'm grateful for what they did, but those socks are really some superior socks. I don't know the technology behind them, but uh, you know, everything else was pretty, pretty wonky by the, by the end of that trip. But the, the, that was one pair of socks. They, 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 <laughs> they, 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 they held up. So thank you. Uh, darn tough socks. 
what what kind of socks? Say it slowly. Darn, darn tough. Darn tough socks. They're made in Vermont. They donated like 250 pairs of socks. Uh, the majority of them went out front to the defenders of Ukraine. And and it was funny. We we got multiple responses like, hey, thanks for the generator. Blah, blah. Wow, those socks are amazing. And so <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it is. It's, it's incredible what a, what a good pair of socks can do. Um, and, and again, this seems like a shameless plug, but it's really, really, uh, I'm, I'm a darn tough sock guy now. And uh, I know you can order them online. I know you can get them in, in Vermont general stores, um, but they're they're definitely worth the investment. They're great socks. Well, Especially I know, if you're not going to be able to wash them. for You're going to be in them for a couple of days. <laughs> um, I know what I'm going to be getting people for, like, you know, birthday stocking stuffers for the next little while. I mean, that sounds like it's a – I'd love to support a local business like that, especially one that's been so generous with their, yeah. you know, their product and helping you. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was, so darn it was... tough. Speaking of darn tough, <laughs> should we pivot what? into city politics, guys? Hard left. Good, good segue. You get the good segue of the month award there. <laughs> yeah, that was supernatural. Supernatural. Um, so it's a new year. The city council uh, that was elected last year is entering their last year, their the end of their two-year term. Um, and there is, you know, just as much dysfunction as there was in 2022. But we have the added kind of wrinkle of the fact that uh, the election season is now starting, basically. And it seems super early. You know, it's January, not even February. But this is actually when the local Republican and Democratic committees start interviewing people who are interested in running for office and giving out endorsements in February. And then the process starts. So um, it, it should be a really interesting next couple of months. And to that end, I would also say if anyone's listening who is interested in running for, for office here in Saratoga, um, for any one of the city council seats or for the supervisor positions, uh, contact your local Republican or Democratic committee. Um, this is a time to get your name in and, um, you know, make the change you want to see. School board as well. School board election. School board as well. And actually, there was a lot of there was some really interesting school board news that I want to go over as well with you guys. Um, actually, should we start there since you brought it up? Go for it. So at the school board meeting, I'm going to forget the date. It was a couple weeks ago. Um, the issue of SROs, school resource officers, and adding two additional school resource officers, primarily to focus on the elementary schools, which have no current SROs in them, um, came up and finally kind of came to a head at the last BOE meeting. Um, for the last many years, four or five years now. Um, this has been like one of the most contentious debates at the Board of Education and um, between a faction of people who are very anti-school resource officers and having any additional police officers with a weapon on them in our children's schools and a faction that is, you know, in the polar opposite position and really wanted to see SROs in schools. So after several years of being completely deadlocked, um, the insurance company that our school district uses to come in and make safety recommendations made the recommendation this year of adding two additional SROs. And so after lots of heated debate and a ton of really impassioned public comment, um, the school board voted five to four in favor of adding these two additional SROs to our um, elementary schools. So I personally was delighted about it because I think that uh, SROs have an incredibly positive uh, impact on children. They're not there to make arrests. They're not there to be punitive. And they really um, stop a lot of problems before they start and connect kids to resources that they might need or develop issues before they bubble up into something that could potentially become violent. 
So I personally was thrilled, but it, it was a long time coming. And I'm, um, I was actually really surprised that it passed. Um, John Ellis uh, is one of the school board um, members, and he was kind of the swing vote. And he, this time around, voted in favor of the SRO. So um, there was a big development. Yeah, I went to I, I went to the school board meeting where the insurance company gave their presentation about the SROs. And, you know, the public comment, if you listen to public comment, we certainly Saratoga is not not uh, uh, we, ha we have our share of activists and, and you know, activism is, is, is not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's, it's it can be a good thing can lead to change. But there's certain there's there's certain people who, 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 who that's their role in the city are activists. And speaking out against SROs, that's who you heard. You heard the same activists who show up at city council meetings. Um, it's it not necessarily parents, but more people who want to push a political agenda. The pro-SROs, the, the voices, and, and, and the majority were pro-SRO, were parents. Parents like myself, parents like you two, uh, and parents who just, our safety is, is the number one uh, thing we can provide our children. And, and having an SRO there, the school, it, it's it's not it's not a catch-all be-all. It's not going to solve all the problems, but it's certainly uh, you know worst-case scenario gives the best chance for a positive reaction. But also, we heard a lot of good that comes out of SROs without worst-case scenarios. The bonding they have with the children, the the, the you know the, the identification of potential problems before they become problems. So. Uh, for me, SROs was a win-win. You know, John, uh, normally big union guy, sides. I would, I, I would think more, more with the Democrats or the left than the right. But he put the city over uh, uh, politics and you know, those kids' safety. So he kind of went with with what he thought was right. So you know, thank you, John, and thank you for the other four board members who also voted for for SROs because yeah, you know, so they're, they're needed. People know it was uh, Dean Colligan, um, Erica Borman. Uh, Connie Wyatowicz, Amanda Ellithorpe, and John Ellis, who voted in favor, and Natalia, Natalia Latakia, um, Tony Crackler, John uh, uh, Brugerman, and who am I missing? Angie? Angie Amico? Angie. Yes. Yeah. Um, were the, the four who voted against. Um, Dan, I really want to get your POV on this, but then I also have lots of comments about how this kind of debate uh, happened, but go ahead. You know, most of what I know about this, Robin, I've learned from talking to you and then Adam in the earlier months, as he said, he's attended the meetings. That, that vote was disheartening. Yeah, it went the right way. But, you know, five to four is disheartening. And I don't I won't steal your thunder because because I, I you pointed out to you and I think you're going to point out again how they they gave one reason. And then when that reason didn't work for them anymore, they they shifted and came up with other issues. So that is disheartening. You know, the three of us are pretty moderate in here. We we lean conservative on a lot of issues, but we also lean to the left on some other issues. So I'm cognizant when it's talking about police and guns. I recognize I may have a bias. Um, but to me, this issue of SROs and again, all the great things the SROs do that, you know, the, the actual the security is, although it's really number one in is importance to safeguard the children, it's a small percentage of, of what they actually do in, in a day. And, um, but yet that security is so important. And I just, you know, I, I uh, a lot of things to the left, I, I hear them out. I recognize their points. And sometimes I, on certain issues, I agree with their points, but on this one, I just cannot fathom. I, I just, it's just so counterintuitive to me why you wouldn't want uh, a, a school resource officer in, in your child's school. Adam, to your point, probably most parents do. Uh, not all, but most. And it's maybe the uh, activists and, you know, the, 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 that are, are uh, sticking their nose in school because it's fertile ground. Yeah, so, to me, this just means, 
it means you know Saratoga in the greater school district. If you want, you have to at least pay attention and vote because I think a lot of issues. If every if everybody's forced to vote, a lot of these issues would be no brainers passed or or not passed. But uh, but people just you know they they kind of assume the next guy is paying attention. So um, guys, hey, can you Robin, hear me? Yeah, and and you just cloned yourself. Yes, and now you're gone. There, there was a glitch in the matrix with Robin there. Yeah. There is. There's a serious glitch in the matrix. I think I am up twice. I don't know how or why. Robin, do you know how many people in Saratoga Springs are are horrified that there's now two Robin Daltons? I'm sorry. <laughs> now there's three. There's gonna be three, Adam. <laughs> She's frozen. She's gonna yeah. come back in. Yeah, hey, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. yeah. So um I don't I, I, sorry, I I don't know what's going on with my Wi-Fi connection, but um if I may, I, I wanted to point out kind of some of the, the frustrating points of this debate and, and why I found it to be so uh, personally irritating. Um, so the, the four members of the school board who voted against the SROs all campaigned saying that they were not against SROs, that they were their, their number one priority was following the recommendations of the insurance company when they did the security audit of our school district and that they followed those recommendations and they weren't anti-SRO and they weren't anti-law enforcement. And um, then, you know, push comes to shove and we have this year's safety audit, which recommends two additional SROs. And suddenly the argument was, well, we really shouldn't be discussing this now because it's not budget season and we should really only be discussing things that have to do with additional revenue or you know adding additional people during budget season and so that was kind of the the rationale they had to try to kind of kick it down the road um other members of the school board pointed out that they had hired people added people done things having to do with the budget outside of the budget season it's a pretty fairly regular occurrence um and and then also the public comment was frustrating for me as well, because really people were only talking about this, like 90% of the comments were all in the context of a school shooting situation. And to me, obviously a school shooting situation is unfathomable and like your worst nightmare, but it's also the, the least likely thing that's going to happen um, that would require an SRO in our schools. And so I think just putting a little more kind of like day to day, what our SROs do and, and the problems they can prevent um, would have been a better way for people to express their sentiments about this. But, um, you know, we also have an SRO in our high school. We have two SROs in the middle schools and the board of education has no problem with that. Everyone speaks, you know, so highly of them from the students to even people who are coming to public comment against SROs would say, except for officer Barrett, we love officer Barrett. So we have SROs in our middle school and high school, and yet our youngest children who are the least prepared and least knowledgeable about what to do in the event of say a shooting are the ones that don't have the SRO you know, on campus. And to me, that's just, there's no way to make that argument logical, you know, to, to prevent SROs from being in the, in the elementary school um, or to kind of fight back against this audit by using the budget excuse. It was just all, it was just all very, it was really disheartening, you know? Um, I expect better from people who we elect to serve to represent um, our, our students and administration on the school board. The, you know, these elections and the school board elections, God, God bless anyone that sits on a school board. Yeah. It's, you know, you talk about how little you got paid, Robin, they get paid nothing. It's, I'm sure they're taking calls at 930 at night yeah. and things like that. But uh, at the same time, they, they do have a duty 
to uh, uh, represent the people and, and, the, and the students and everything. And it just seems like they're, at least in some cases, their politics are taking uh, over their, their, their duties. Well, it's been the same group of people who have been serving now for a couple of years, and I think they're just all very entrenched in their positions. You know, the, the positive way to look at it, I would say, is that we have a community that are all incredibly passionate about the safety of our children. And although we may see that uh, as happening through different mechanisms, everyone's really committed to it. And, you know, in my opinion, we should be doing everything possible to ensure our, our children's safety, whether it's SROs, more mental health services, you know, everything that was suggested. Um, should be acted on to to do our best to keep our schools as safe as as safe as they can be. Robin, let me let me ask you a question. And, and, and so now that we have SROs, let me play devil advocate a little bit. Uh, as far as you know, SROs for people who don't know are trained police officers, right? They're not security guards. They're active duty, duties. yeah. They're active duty police officers. So you know, theoretically, they have the the utmost training in firearms. But the SROs now currently they do wear traditional police gear, yep. correct? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if I wonder if there's there's a, a, and these are the debates we should be having, right? Is is there is there something saying? All right, I understand that you know they should be carrying a firearm, but can we tone down the outfit or something? You know, can we tone yeah. down and 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 would, would that have a meaningful impact? You know, as far as addressing some of these concerns of police officers can be intimidating. So it's kind of a. It's kind of, uh, you, you know, so children who grew up, you know, maybe without the best uh, impression of police officers, kind of it's, it's a softer blow to them. Is that something we should be talking about? So, you know, I think it's really interesting you brought that up because one of the compromises I was kind of brainstorming, which wouldn't really work out in real life because of contractual reasons, I would guess, is that I thought maybe for elementary schools um, to reach an agreement, uh, the SROs would leave the firearm, not bring their firearm, but have all of their other, you know, um, tools such like their taser, pepper spray. They have, you know, several other mechanisms that they can use uh, in the event of an attack or to stop, uh, you know, a dangerous situation. And I thought maybe that was a compromise we could reach, um, although it probably wouldn't have been approved by the the union. But I thought, you know, those were the kind of things I was brainstorming as well. Adam. Right, right. I, I, I would disagree thinking I think the firearms is the most important thing they should have on them, but maybe not the other things. But again, these are kind of the moderate, you know, centrist conversations that, yeah. that, that, that I think we should be having because it's, you know, at the end of the day, the pros, I think, we, you know, far outweigh the cons. So, but how can we make, how can we make it the best possible the, best I, I say, solution. the thing about the gun and Dan, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I did do a lot of research into this. And the one thing I really relied on was the FBI did a report on school safety and school shooting incidents over the span of about 10 years. And the percentage of times that a school shooter was stopped by um, an SRO with a gun was like 0.3%. It was like next to nothing. Yeah. But, but if, if it's once, right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if say we were deadlocked, do you know what I mean? Yeah. To me, that was a palatable compromise. But um, we also heard extensively from the, our current SROs and how, and they really talked about how they um, connect with kids who they know are uncomfortable, intimidated, or fearful by a police presence. And they used examples that I thought were, you know, they seemed tiny, but they were really kind of meaningful to me. Like uh, one of the SROs was saying that he carries like a, a Nerf football with him when he's walking up and down the halls. And if he sees a kid or a group of kids coming that he knows might feel uncomfortable around his presence, he literally tosses them the, the football and they toss it back. And it's just like a little, you know, a little way to connect. Yeah. Um, 
it's it, it's important to note if I, I could just say and and you've you 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 know the SROs better than me but I, but 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 I, I I do know the officer a little bit he's seemingly everywhere I see him at the you know working yeah. the track I see him working the schools and um, they police departments know the average police officer or or some police officers just aren't right for that position and some right. are. You don't want Tackleberry. Remember Tackleberry from the uh, Police Academy movies? You know, uh, you don't want the six foot five linebacker that that that's harsh with people. And, and some a lot of police agencies have that. They've got the, the people that are better at, at doing certain things. So they usually pick the right person to be. The yeah, SRO. I'm really glad you brought that up, Dan, because actually Officer Barrett in particular and actually all of the SROs specifically wanted this job because they wanted to work with kids. And they are, you know, they get extra training to be able to do that effectively. But these are all people who really want to be in schools helping our kids. So it's not like they're being just randomly assigned this position. And they um, often have kids in, in those schools themselves. Yeah. And it shows in their work. And also, you know, just from a staffing and budget perspective, in Saratoga, we obviously have our biggest public safety needs in the summer. And so to have an active duty police officer who during the school years in our schools, but then in the summer is free to help us where we need it the most, which is downtown foot patrols, et cetera, is really kind of like a winning combination for this city. I, 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 absolutely, well, well stated. Um, so I see, trying, I, I can't think of a smooth transition like I did before, but I see that I think we have Ed Lindner joining us and I wanna bring him in because I wanna do a little left turn and talk bike lanes. Let me see, Ed. Oh, I see him. I don't see him yet. Do you see him? Well, the screen popped up, but it's okay, blank. Screen popped up. All right, I'm going to take him off for a second. We'll kind of set up uh, this next topic we wanted to talk about. Um, so people who have lived in Saratoga for even like a year or two or three know that the issue of bike lanes sparks an outrageous amount of controversy in the city. Um, it brings out a lot of passion for people on both sides. And... <clears throat> um, it's not really something the city has ever been able to tackle effectively to date. We have a few little bike lanes. We have one on Lake Avenue that I think is actually atrocious and something I wanted to talk to Ed about. Um, we have one on North Broadway, um, but we, we really lack any connectivity. Um, and we also have a really passionate and dedicated group of people who uh, run Bikeatoga and who are on our Complete Streets Committee who are advocating for increased bike lanes and increased you know, walkability, connect, connectivity, et cetera. And so there has been a proposal to put bike lanes on Union Avenue. And I believe there, I believe as, it was- As part of a much larger effort to reform Union Avenue in many different ways with more crosswalks and so forth, correct? Correct. And, beautif yes. and beautification and functionality and so forth. Union Avenue being one of like our oldest, you know, streets in the entrance to the city, it's actually like extraordinarily wide. I think it's like something like 70 feet wide. So, you know, one of the issues that we've had in the past with bike lanes is that streets simply aren't wide enough. There's like a mandated amount of distance that needs to be in place for the state DOT. And, you know, to get around that and put bike lanes in, if it's not wide enough, means you're taking people's front yards. So Union Avenue, just by virtue of how wide it is, does really lend itself to this kind of a project. Um, but naturally there are people who have come out very, you know, vehemently against it. And I believe Dan, you said there has been a group that's formed, correct? Um, there is the historic union Avenue neighborhood association of, uh, it was John Kaufman's blog that he was the one that first noted that they uh, have been formed and, um, uh, they may be able to join us next week. And, uh, they're, you know, the one thing one of the members pointed out to me is they're, they're not against this plan. 
they just they said with Union Avenue being such an important part of the city, um, they they want it done right and and properly and so forth. So I, I won't steal any more of their thunder and I won't speak for them anymore. Uh, but the, we think we can have one of them on next week. Um, I still see Ed down here, but I don't. I'm not seeing his face. Um, Dan, you want to maybe? Maybe he just wants to talk to us uh, and doesn't yeah. want to be on camera. Ed, can you hear us? Uh, no, I just tested my camera. I think it's on. I don't know why I can't see me either. Well, um, man of mystery, Ed Lindner, do you, do you want to start this conversation or um, with with no image, or do you want to? We could try to remove you ben. from the stream and put you back in again and see if the. It Whatever works for you guys. I'm happy to talk bike lanes. And actually, one of the things that might be useful. Can you still hear me? I thought you were frozen. Yeah, sure. um, the, the connection, the connection is not And that may be why we can't see you. Um, the connection is, is really bad. You sound like you're on a, almost a shortwave radio. Uh, can we, why don't can you we kick me out and yeah. I will come back in and see if we can okay. do better? Perfect. And, and what, what, uh, and if you can still hear me, um, if you're on your phone, try your computer and vice versa. And and uh, Chrome is the best web browser, which hopefully... I forgot to tell him that. <laughs> Honestly, Dan, get it together, buddy. <laughs> um, we're, I'm thrilled to have Ed join us. Uh, Ed is someone who I worked with while I was in uh, office on the city council, specifically talking about bike lanes and coming up with, I think, what has been needed for a really long time, which is kind of a master plan. Um, of, of how the bike lanes, you know, how we're going to build out bike lanes in the city such that there is connectivity and we're, they're serving, you know, a function. They're getting people from point A to point B and uh, not like the Lake Avenue bike lane, just kind of like depositing them in nowheresville. Um, so he's been a tremendous advocate for, for complete streets and, and bike lanes. And well, I think he's back, but I still, Ed? I'm trying to load through Chrome for you. Oh, your your audio sounds like a million times better. Yes. Although I, you're still a man of mystery, and uh, <laughs> we're not seeing your video yet. But <clears throat> if, if we have to, I think we should just continue audio if if we can't get them up, right? Yeah, Ed, do you mind um, jumping in, even though we we're not seeing you? No, because actually, what would be useful is if you could put up one of the slides yes. that I sent to Dan, uh, particularly the. Uh, uh, the Mike King slide that shows Clark Street. I think that's what I just put up. Yes. That is, that is my old home. I had the very top uh, front center with the balcony at 56 Union. What a, what a nice rendering of 56 Union. So, Ed, yeah. tell, us, tell us what we're looking at. Well, this is a, a rendering done by a guy named Mike King, who's on the Complete Streets hey. Advisory Board. And we're actually really lucky to have Mike. He uh, is an internationally recognized expert on creating streetscapes with cars, bikes, and uh, pedestrian crossings. He has done projects like this on five continents. More than 64 cities have paid him to do the sort of visioning thing that he's doing here for us for free. He moved here in the summer and he's jumped right in and uh, and we get the benefit of that. So he's working with the city consultants, JMT, on a plan. But a number of things that uh, that you see in this. And, and there is a bike lane over there on the right. Um, it won't be green. Uh, it will be something more appropriate to Union Avenue. But as you can see, um, uh, it's really just a small part of the whole project. The first thing you see... Sorry, I'm sorry, can I ask you a quick question? So in this rendering, um, it's different than what we have on Lake Avenue in that, if I'm correct, the bike lane is um, the, the kind of the innermost 
like it, it's bike lane and then there's the median with uh, trees and then traffic lanes and so forth. So the bike lane is really physically kind of removed from the, the traffic lane by this by the strip of trees and so forth. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. This is a protected bike lane. So if you look to the tree on the right, you'll see to the right of that there's a bike lane. And then to the right of that, there's more green space and the, and the existing sidewalk. So this is intended to reconfigure this street to slow down cars because just this design alone will make cars drive slower than the two lane speedway that we have now. Uh, the pedestrian crossing there, you know, you've got a curb extension or a bump out, uh, which takes away one parking space, but the rest of the parking spaces would remain. Uh, but instead of having to race across four lanes of traffic at Clark, you can cross to the median across one lane and then cross to the median across uh, again, one lane again. So pedestrian crossings, much, much safer. But it's also safer for drivers. If you're coming out of Clark Street trying to make a left on Union, um, oh, we've heard brutal. from, yeah, exactly. Again, you've got, you know, four lanes of traffic or at least three you have to deal with people uh, traveling quickly. The taking away the one parking space there creates a much better sight line because you won't have that car right up against the intersection. You're only coming across one lane of traffic before you get to sort of a no man's land there by uh, the, the median. So you can pause there and make your turn. So slower traffic, better sight line, and an opportunity to pause if there's oncoming traffic is gonna make it a lot easier to pull out. Um, I, I will say speeding is, you know, when it's not track season, people coming off of 87, um, tend to just fly down Union, and and it is incredibly you know precarious to try to cross the street anywhere along Union. Um, but I'm what I think I'm most thrilled about in this rendering is is the way the bike lanes are protected because that had always been my biggest kind of gripe about what happened on Lake Avenue. And um, I think actually the Lake Avenue bike lanes have kind of you know soured people on what bike lanes could look like in Saratoga because they're not envisioning something as safe as what this rendering is portraying. To, to, yeah. to be clear, Ed, on, on the rendering, is that is what is proposed or by by the, the city in this plan, or are they not that far? Or is this just an idea that was put out of what it could be? I, I guess I maybe you said that. And I'm sorry if I missed it. No, no. Um, it, it is, a, you know, sort of a rendering of a proposed design. It's not the final design. And actually, one thing we should tell your listeners is that the city will be having a design workshop on February 9th, 6 p.m. Uh, I believe it's gonna be in the music room in City Hall, where there'll be an opportunity to, uh, to break down into smaller groups and talk with the consultants about what you like and what you don't like, because there's a lot to discuss here. And I certainly agree with the Union Avenue homeowners that we need to get this right. What I like about this, I love the bike lane, of course, but I love the trees. You know, yeah. one of the things that makes Union Avenue iconic, and if you look back at all the old photographs, you always see that tree line that runs down both sides of the avenue. And we can recreate that visually here. Uh, that green space there is wide enough that you can put in real trees. You know, the, the trees on Union Avenue in the stretch from Clark to Circular Street, you know, some of them are a little crowded. Um, there's not a lot of, uh, of space there for them to work with. So. Um, uh, all of those things could happen in this design. What most people notice is that instead of four lanes, there are three lanes. Uh, and that's the subject of, I think, understandable concern because the question is, when the track gets out, how's that gonna 
how's that going to be handled? And if you can put up the other slide, maybe we can talk about that. And while, while she's doing that, um, a, a, um, a quick question. This workshop on February 9th, anybody can show up and be part of this process? Absolutely. Please come. One, oh, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll shoot in on this is that I live about a block away from that crosswalk and my, my, my mother lives about a block on the other side of Union. So we use that crosswalk a lot. And, and something that, and I don't know if it's New York drivers or American drivers, but they don't really respect the crosswalk like no. they do in other places. I've seen, you know, when I've been in Not Europe. At all. What, what's that? Not at all. No, they, they'll slam on the bread. I mean, I, I stood on that crosswalk and just cars are whizzing by with no, you know, there's no, there's no uh, respect for that. So, so kind of, I really like this plan and the idea of kind of forcing drivers to slow down, to, to, to respect the crosswalk. The same thing with the bike lane on, on, on uh, Lake Ave. I think part of the big problem is Saratoga, New York, American drivers are not accustomed to these, to these lanes and these crosswalks and to properly respect them. And that, that makes them, you know, if you're a pedestrian and you're in the right, it doesn't really matter if you get run over. Right. So, so, you know, kind of forcing the driver's hands and, and really making it evident of they should be slowing down and respecting these, the, well, the bike lanes are protected and the crosswalk looks more prominent. So th that's a, uh, that's a, a good thing. You, you bring up a good point, Adam. And, and it's, it's interesting because people don't necessarily notice this here, but when you make car travel lanes narrower, cars slow down. We're all guilty of this. You find yourself on Union Avenue, it's wide and it's straight, there's nothing coming, and you just start going a little faster than you might. If you see something like what we just showed you on Clark Street and you see that there are curb extensions coming out, people slow down. And that's been demonstrated in cities around the country. That's not really up for debate. If you narrow the travel lanes, people will drive slower. Ed, what are those? Uh, what I'm sorry. What are the kind of bump outs called? Where you know, kind of where they're you're called trying to... bump outs or oh, curb extensions. Bump okay. Bump okay. outs or curb extensions. Um, but that's some same sort of idea. And then the uh, the the median, you know, but the part where you extend it to put a little island for the yeah. pedestrians. That's the median tip. You may hear that. The the bump out to me is is something that we could use in so many intersections downtown. Um, you know, for like crossing Lake Avenue from uh, the Parting Glass over to um, the Hampton Inn, for example, where you've got both sides of Lake Avenue coming downhill and people fly. And like Adam said, people do not respect pedestrian crossings, and so trying to get across there is extremely difficult. But um, those I think those bump outs like are really incredibly helpful. Um, so so right now we're looking at the second rendering. So this, so this rendering, you're, you're at Regent Street, roughly, and you're looking towards the park, and you're seeing uh, one lane of traffic in each direction. There's parking on both sides. Um, on the left there, that's not two lanes of traffic. The white car is traveling in the car lane, and then the black car is parked. So it's that same sort of idea where you have street parking, but then uh, it bumps out a little bit at the, uh, at the crosswalks. So this is essentially Lake Avenue with just the bike lanes on the other side of the parked cars, essentially, correct? I'm sorry. Th this is essentially what we have um, on Lake Avenue. We have no, 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 no. If you, this is the same sort of plan. If you look to the right, you'll see a cyclist on a on a protected bike lane. Oh yes, to the very no, right. I meant with like the traffic lanes. Like on Lake Avenue, we have uh, one lane of traffic yeah. in each direction, a turning lane. But yes, oh um, yes, yeah. And yeah, the city actually has a number of these. There's one on Lake, there's one on Church, there's one on South Broadway. West Avenue, which has a ton of traffic, works the same way. Um, they work fairly well. And, and so 
I can tell you that there are um, fact sheets that you can find from the Federal Highway Administration or the AARP that talk about road diets. That's what this is called. Go ahead and Google AARP road diet. Road diet. You're making it go from four lanes to three. Well, it's getting skinnier. Um, I get it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And one thing I've learned in my reading is that the first time someone hears about a road diet in their neighborhood, they absolutely hate it. They absolutely hate it. The Washington Post did an editorial just two weeks ago talking about Alexandria, Virginia, where they said the opposition to the road diet was apocalyptic. 11 neighborhood associations that had never united to agree on anything all opposed it. They now, built Ed, it. Will we look thinner on the road diet? As yes, I'm guaranteeing that. If you build this, you're all going to look thinner. Excellent. So what they found in Alexandria was, guess what? When they built it, um, crashes were reduced by 41%. Yeah, pe people... Causes, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, people are resistant to change, just going to be resistant to change often. And it's yeah. it can be frustrating. And let me tell you, it, it, so, so this obviously is going to require funding. Has there been any thought or talk about where that funding would come from? Yeah, I think there are a couple of ways to go. I, I think, and it's a it's a multiple stage process. Obviously, the the city needs to have some skin in the game, but there is a state. Uh, what do they call it? A grant. Uh, state something root. Sorry, I forgot what the name of the grant is uh, that the city has already gotten. They're using some of that money. The state touring route grant. Sorry, the state touring route grant. The city is using some of that money for Grand Avenue. Um, and there's, of course, a lot of money in the bipartisan infrastructure bill. This is a great time to try to build uh, bike and pedestrian infrastructure um, because there's also a climate aspect to this. Sustainable Saratoga, a number of uh, environmental groups in the city are big supporters of the Complete Streets Bike Network because you need to make bike travel an actual alternative. Robin was talking earlier about the lack of connection, and that's yeah. a real problem. You don't drive your car on streets that don't go anywhere. Why should you ride your bike on bike lanes that end halfway to town? Um, studies show, and it's common sense, when you make a full network, when you make it comfortable for people, families with kids or seniors with e-bikes, people who aren't comfortable riding in traffic, then usage goes up, and you know there's a whole lot of trips that we all take five miles or less to run to the store that you could and would enjoy doing on a bike if it were safe to do it, so. And you know, Ed, I think um, there's so much conversation about affordable housing and getting more affordable housing in the city. And I think one of the things that people always kind of miss in that conversation is that that has to come with access to transportation that doesn't involve owning a car. And so I, I think this really kind of goes hand in hand. Um, with, you know, we, we have CDTA, but that's that's not sufficient. This, and this just gives another alternative to folks who don't necessarily own a car, which I think is um, terrific. And even for families that do own one car. I mean, you have families yeah. where both parents work. One, one parent takes the car to work and picks up the daughter from soccer practice. The other parent rides a bike. We're trying to find uh, workers in Saratoga Springs. Uh, it's very expensive for people to live here and still work in those kinds of jobs, but they do work in the neighboring communities. Um, so if we make it safe for them to cycle in from Wilton or from Boston Spa, uh, I think it, it, it improves the workforce pool in terms of uh, trying to find good quality employees. Uh, so uh, let me talk about this road diet, just one thing so people know what they're looking about. Uh, so you see there's one lane going towards the park and then the center turn lane. When you leave the track now, 
we all know it's not great. You get into a line of cars, people in the left lane, they're stopping to turn left on Nelson. They're stopping to turn left on some of the side streets. Even turning right, there's pedestrians. When you get to Circular Street, it's two lanes, right? Yep. The left yep. lane goes left, the right lane goes right. There's a traffic light. And the reason it backs up is because when you make a right turn onto Circular Street, you go a short way and then you try to make a left. There's no signal there, or not a left turn signal. I mean, that's what we have now. It's not great. Um, the road diet will not make things worse and there's a chance it will make things better. And that's been shown in a number of places because it cuts down on the number of times people stop for people who are making a left turn. Um, but if, if you see nothing else, see that if you're at Regent Street and you're trying to get out of the track, right now you have two lanes of traffic heading to Circular Street. And in this plan, you're gonna have two lanes of traffic heading to Circular Street. The right lane is gonna turn right and the center turning lane all the way down is gonna turn left. So um, I wanna see the traffic studies. I wanna see the consultants explain this to people in a way that they will understand, but road diets around the country have been very successful. And, is, is, uh, is, is there still a, a sidewalk on the, the south side there or the right there's side? There's a sidewalk on both sides, yes. Yeah, so there's a grass yeah. median between both, right? Yeah, so if you look at the left of this picture, you see pavement, then greenery, then a bike lane. Yeah. And then on the left, there's a sidewalk there on the other side of the street lamp. That's and awesome. it's a little harder to see on the other side, but the, the sidewalks absolutely maintain. One of the things Mike King, who, who I uh, described earlier, uh, likes about Union Avenue is the beautiful sidewalks. We're not losing those. Well, I just have to say, I feel like this for, for me just addresses so many of the issues I had with the one bike lane that is you know most visible at Lake Avenue. Um, the safety concerns are addressed. And also Lake Avenue seems to handle a ton more traffic than Union Avenue does in the off season. It's a truck route. It's, it's very congested, but it's not, it's not, you know, you're not sitting in traffic jams and they have the same kind of layout of the lanes as what we're looking at right now. So um, yeah. I'll speak up a little bit in defense of the Lake Avenue bike lane. Um, yeah. I ride it all the time because it goes to my house. And so mm -hmm. it is actually useful to me. Um, I understand why it was built at the time. It was the let's get something done and start yep. to see if we can build this network. You can't build a network unless you start by building one piece at a time. But I think everyone would agree if we had the money, it would be better for that to be a protected bike lane. That's, it's functional that's, the way yeah. that it works now. It would be better if it's protected. But honestly, I, I do ride it all the time. And um, one of the great things about bike lanes that actually makes drivers more comfortable is that everybody knows where they're supposed to be. Well, One of the things that freaks, well, go ahead. I don't know about that on Lake Avenue, only in that it is so poorly marked, the bike lane, that, you know, it's a single white strip. Uh, the markings that had initially been put down indicating it was for bikes have long since faded. And to me, it's a, it's just incredibly uh, dangerous situation. It makes me nervous to know that you're using it. Um, but it was also really pitched when it was when it was rolled out for for kids who are traveling to Lake Avenue or Caroline Street, to, you know, elementary or St. Clemens. And I mean, I don't know a single parent that would let their kid ride down that that mm -hmm. bike lane. Yeah. So anyway, I, my well, point, you'll never get an argument from me for making a bike lane better. Clearly, right. a protected lane would be better. But I will say if people are interested, the National Association of City Transportation Officials, NACTO, just Google all ages and abilities design. 
They have a wonderful design guide for building bike and pedestrian infrastructure for all ages and abilities. And one of the things they say is, you know, there's a lot of riders out there who say we don't need bike lanes because I can ride in traffic. Most of my bike Otoga friends can ride in the city now. We're not building the bike lanes for middle-aged men in Lycra. We're building bike lanes for families with kids, seniors with e-bikes, people who just aren't comfortable thank, riding in traffic. And there are a lot that. of them. You're welcome. Is that is, is it you? You should. Uh, that's a great. That's a great quote. Middle-aged men in Lycra. <laughs> it's not mine. It's been around for a while. Okay, I like it. I, one and, one and quick thing. The only reason that doesn't apply to me is the middle-aged part. I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't see you, Ed. So you know, as far as anyone can tell, you're like a, a spring chicken over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an advantage. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Oh yeah, and and Ed, I, I, you know, we we know you're not an official spokesperson for this Union Avenue project, but just to frame it up, State DOT is is doing their own project from uh, I believe Henning to East Avenue. That's that's already in the works, and the city is picking up the rest of the Union Avenue essentially uh, from East to Congress Park or to Circular. Is that is that a fair way to to frame up what's going on on Union Avenue? Yeah, that's exactly correct. I mean, Bikeatoga's mantra is no more half bike lanes. Um, the state of New York is going to pave Union Avenue, as you said, from Henning Road to East Avenue, because that's state jurisdiction in the outside district. Uh, and they're going to put in a five foot paved bike lane. So we need to continue that all the way to the park. I mean, if you look at a map of the city, fully a third of the city landmass is east of the Northway. I have friends out there who ride in on Union all the time, it's not that safe, but that's because it goes from their house to downtown. So right. it's an important route. It's part of the city's complete streets plan. And yes, we're asking the city to finish the bike lane uh, on their portion of union that the state is starting. You know, Ed, what would be awesome is, I don't know if there's plans for this, but to have, to be able to go then across East Avenue and connect down to the the new, you know, downtown connector trail on Excelsior, um, would be fantastic as this kind of develops. Well, it's in the city's complete streets plan um, to do just that. Again, the you know, you build a network one piece at a time. Um, yeah. This will be an important east-west piece. But one of the things that excites me about this um, is the opportunity to connect through the park across Broadway to the west side. Yeah. And there is a plan to connect um, on Congress Street. And then, you know, there's a lot of it hasn't been engineered, so I don't know which route they'll choose. But the idea would be to connect from there to Railroad Run. Yeah. Railroad Run. Wow. It gets better. If you <laughs> connect Union Avenue through the park to the west side to Railroad Run, you're in the spa park. Yeah. The Saratoga County right now is, is putting together plans. I've seen them to connect the Zim Smith Trail from Boston Spa to the southern end of the Spa Park. Wow. And the Zim Smith Trail runs all the way to Mechanicville where it connects with the Empire State Trail, yeah. 750 mile trail that runs from New York City to the Adirondacks to Buffalo. So that if we do our part here in the city, we build Union Avenue and we build this connector to railroad run, Someone could leave Midtown Manhattan on their bike and they could drive all the way to downtown Saratoga Springs and out to Saratoga Lake. 
That's what I want to see. It, now it sounds like you're describing the guys in the Lycra again. I got to tell you. <laughs> well, you know, you'll be surprised. I've gone on a number of long distance rides and they're mostly um, older couples. No, I, um, I'm, I'm And you know what? That wouldn't be the first time that's happened. Um, one of the first bicycle tourists in America, a guy named Wentworth Rollins, wrote a high, a high wheel penny farthing from 59th Street and 8th Avenue to Saratoga Springs uh, in 1879. That's before the two-wheel bicycle was invented. Wow. There's stories about him in the New York Times and the Saratogan. He stayed at the Grand Union Hotel. He saw all that could be seen from the back of a bicycle around Saratoga, according to the papers. So one of America's first bicycle tourists came here, and I would like to see more of them. Very, very cool. Well, Ed, um, we have a pretty hard out at one o'clock, and I want to thank you so much for your time and coming on and you know, letting people know about this exciting project and giving them the opportunity to weigh in as well as it's being, you know, the plans are being finalized. So um, we really appreciate your coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Take care. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for coming. <coughs> we need, so, we need more have... renderings on here. We What's need that? More you know, we need more visual aids for our viewers, <coughs> like, like what we have on the screen right now. We should do well, that Dan, if you would learn how to upload the PDFs like I do, we could have visuals all the time. <laughs> I did my part. I got them to you. Here you go, I, Robin. Figure it out. <laughs> I just had a six-year-old intruder um, uh, invade my office. Um, so, And I know we have to wrap up. Do you want to do a quick cheer and cheer for the week before we go? Yes. I've got a special thank you I want to start off with. All right. Go for your, it. Are you doing your uh, your graphic, your fancy dancy graphic? Oh, we, my fancy dancy oh, God, I've really missed it. Yeah, let's do it. Why not, right? Here we go. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Wow. <laughs> All right, Dan, what do you got for us? Okay. I, it's, a, it's kind of a long cheer, so I'll, I'll forego the jeer this week. Um, back on January 15th, um, uh, Robert Millis, uh, who, who you know from a lot of things, uh, most recently uh, uh, envisioning and, and, and with a lot of help uh, uh, creating near Saratoga Springs New Year's Fest, um, him and I did a charity football watch game for the, with the Buffalo Bills when they were still in the playoffs against Miami uh, on the 15th. It was held at Putnam Place, um, and it went really well. And I want to thank uh, – really quickly, I'm going to thank a bunch of people. Certainly Robert for reaching out to me. It was his idea. It was a great idea. Um, and um, the Putnam Place, so Sly at Putnam Place, uh, uh, they, they hosted. They had a beautiful big screen TV. It was great for watching a party. There, was, there wasn't a bad seat in the house. Uh, the Franklin Community Center, we raised funds for them as well as the Buffalo Bills <coughs> Foundation. Uh, Franklin Community Center had volunteers uh, there working the door, and I appreciate that. Um, uh, Rory at the Andrews Pizza uh, at a very reduced price fed the people there, um, and they were hungry, trust me, because we did a few runs. And uh, Jeff Bukalek and Abby from um, Saratoga Eagle, they donated some raffle items that the, uh, the Franklin Community Center was able to raise some funds raffling off. Um and uh, a young man by the name of Benjamin, I won't say his last name because I don't have his parents' permission, um, was sent over by from Jim Montanino's office. Benjamin is a uh, uh, an intern in the office to help out. And boy, did we put him to work. He ran to DeAndrea's carrying chicken wings and pizzas like three or four times. And we'd hand him a, a you know we, we'd hand him some money and say go go get that latest round of pizzas. So he was great. I'm probably forgetting somebody. I'm sorry, but it was a positive thing. It was a wonderful thing. We raised over $1,300. Mm -hmm. Most of it went to the Franklin Community Center. Some of it went to uh, 
uh, the Buffalo Bills Foundation. All of it went to, to, to the two of them combined anyway, um, every last, last time of it. So uh, excellent. So uh, that's it. That was a positive. It was fun. Um, and I'm done. Adam, you're up. That was a great cheer. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, mine's, mine's going to be a little more international just because I've been out of town. I haven't been following what's going on in Saratoga so much. But uh, the war in Ukraine has kind of hit a stalemate right now with, with uh, um, the lines are dug in uh, and Russia's making small intermediate gains by sacrificing a lot of soldiers' lives. But what Russia, what Ukraine really needs is tanks to, mm. to and, and Western tanks to kind of make this last great push and kick Russia off their land. Uh, so my first cheer, it, 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 and there was a big debate of what kind of tanks, and the Leopard 2 tanks are three, four, Leopard 2, 3, and 4s, those models uh, produced by Germany are really the best tanks for Ukraine. And uh, Germany was dragging their feet because a country like Poland uh, has these Leopard tanks, but because of the agreements, can't give them to Ukraine without Germany's permission. Um, so cheers. Poland came out and said, we're giving them to Ukraine regardless. They need these. They need these to, you know, to push back this this tyrancy. So cheers to Poland for just giving uh, giving Ukraine these leopard tanks. Uh, but re recently, as of yesterday and today, a kind of coalition has been formed. There's like 30 different countries now that's going to be giving uh, Ukraine um, Western weapons, specifically main battle tanks. Um, the United States is, is and it hasn't been announced yet, but I yeah. follow all the chatter. It's going to happen. Are giving the the Abrams some Abrams tanks so to Ukraine? What's that? I think it was announced like in the past twenty minutes. I saw something flash on my screen. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so which so, are like the most the the highest power tank you can possibly have? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the, the, the Abrams tanks they're like it's it's they're they're very complex. That was that was the argument. The United. Germany said, we're not going to give the Leopard tanks before the America acts. You know, they're kind of in an America act first. And America said, you, you know, the, the, the Abrams tanks aren't really best suited for Ukraine because they're so complex. It's like a, yeah, it's a the jet tank. engine they use um, in, in, in the, in the, it's like a 700 miles from Poland to, to the, to the front line right now. And these tanks would have to be serviced in Poland, but, uh, but anyway, it's, it's going to happen now. So, you know, these countries are releasing these Western tanks uh, they're really going to have an impact on, in, in the war, and, you know, and hopefully end this this you know horrible thing that's going on. So I guess cheers to this coalition of, of Western and NATO countries that are that are finally giving Ukraine the, the you know the 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 arms that it needs to end this. So that's my cheer. A, well, a great cheer, and uh, you know, I've been I was hearing the scuttlebutt that we were about to announce that we were also giving tanks, and they you know there were some interesting points made about you know. They, you have to train the Ukrainian soldiers on how to use them. And they are very complicated and, you know, the servicing them and so forth. But it sounds like we could be at a real inflection point here with the Russians. And um, wouldn't it be awesome if this was, you know, part of the support that was needed to, to turn the tide? Yeah. It, 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 one other thing is we get, we're giving the Ukrainian Bradleys too. And this is pretty cool. One of the guys I traveled with is actually, he was a Bradley commander and Bradleys are armor personal, uh, they're, uh, um, Per, armored personnel carriers, APCs, but they have they have big guns on them, but they also have tow missiles. And in the Iraq war, there was one, I, I forget the exact number, but there was one Bradley that took out like six Russian you know, T-72s. Uh, and so so the, so those, those even our, our personnel carriers are more capable for taking out the Russian uh, tanks. So so these, these tanks, the Leopards and these Bradleys, or the um, Shermans, not Shermans. I'm blanking on the name. The Bradley, there, but... I think you're right. Or Abrams, the, Abrams. I want Abrams. To say. The, yeah, the Bradley is ABC. The Abrams are the tanks. So anyway, I, I think it's it's just really exciting. You watch all the Ukraine chatter. It just gives them the, the boost of morale. 
to know that uh, that they're, they're going to be able to, to, you know, one day in the foreseeable future, be free of the, you know, the atrocities that's going on to their people in their country right now. And I just want to say real quick, uh, this, you know, for anybody who thinks, why are we giving this to Ukraine? Ukraine right now is fighting and, and, and our number one enemy. Um, th- th- we're not spilling American blood. We're not, you know, we're giving, the Marines used to use these tanks. They have them, they've retired them all. So we're not giving the Ukraine's tanks that we would need or we would use. Um, these are tanks that are sitting in storage right now that are being mothballed, that, that, that are of no real significant use to America right now, that are going to be used against America's greatest enemy right now in Russia. So uh, it's really a small price to pay. The Ukrainians are the ones paying with their lives, paying with their land, paying with their homes. So it's it's a small price to pay for, to, you know, to keep democracy and American values, uh, uh, you know, and keep in this world and, and, and keep us a, a a free world for the people who want to be free. So anyway, cheers to those countries. Adam, I think your next challenge should be, I'm quite certain we have a tank sitting on Lake Avenue next to the History Museum that's just, you know, sitting vacant. So if you that's can- That's a sure, I'll fire that puppy up. Yeah, fire that puppy up and get on going, you know? Um, Well, you know, I, this all is so positive. Although at the same token, I'm kind of like, why didn't we just give the Ukrainians the tanks like right off the rip? Like why, you know, if I were in charge, I'd be like, give them whatever they need right now. Um, But anyhow, I'm, I'm obviously not, but I'm glad this is all happening. Well, you guys, those two cheers were just so awesome. I feel like I, I'm, I can't do any better than that. So why don't we leave it at that for this week? And um, just want to remind everybody, we will be back now every week, Wednesdays at noon, um, live streamed on all the social media platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, we're everywhere, YouTube and so forth. So you can catch us live on Wednesdays at noon or um, watch us anywhere you watch your podcasts. Good to and, see you guys again. Yeah. And yeah. that's we're almost at our year anniversary. We're coming wow. up on a year. Wow. Can you believe that? back together. Oh. I know. All right. Well, thank you boys so much. And we will see you all next week. Stay charming, Saratoga. Thanks. Thanks for watching, folks. Mom.